0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers Podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats guerrera and with me on a Friday, as always, from NFL.com and the Ball Blast Football Podcast, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle?
1: Hey, hey. Um, I'm not even going to lie. I'm a little hungover, so my mm-hmm. voice sounds like a man. <laughs> it's very deep. I don't know what to tell you. I'm struggling this morning. It was my wife's birthday last night, and we celebrated that's, I drank too many White Claws.
0: I know you celebrated because you were texting me late at the which I assume was at the end of your night. And it was such nonsensical babble <laughs> that I was like, Michelle has to be drunk because first of all, you literally said you were drunk in the text, but you sent me one, two, three, four, six texts <laughs> all within a span of one minute.
1: Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what? Good. You had a good celebration with your wife. That's good. And I'm, I'm stunned. I, I like have been talking your ear off about this. You have done something that not many people have done Michelle. And that is you got tickets to see Taylor Swift. How did you do that? Floor this?
1: tickets, floor tickets, baby. Just had to wait seven hours in the queue and then get extremely lucky and then pay a buttload of money. And now uh, we get to go see T Swift in April in Houston. Let's
0: go. Think about that, right? What does Scott Hansen say every Sunday, seven hours of commercial free football start now. And you waited a red zone to get tickets to Taylor <laughs> Swift. Essentially.
1: It was, it was a long day. I was very anxious. My wife was very anxious. She wanted him more than I did. I love her. I love Taylor Swift, but my wife was like freaking out. I'm like,
0: I'm just saying now that like, you can't get tickets anymore. And they're not on sale. You could sell those for a lot of money. You could sell those for a number that has two digits before the comma.
1: But then I would be using all that money on divorce uh, fees. (laughs) 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 So it wouldn't be worth it. All
0: right. Uh, Well, that's still awesome for you. I hope you go. I hope you have a good time. I have never, ever been to a single concert in my 37 years on this planet.
1: There's something wrong with you, Stats.
0: I will never go. You've never concert. been to
1: an NFL game. You've never been to a concert. Do you like things? Do you, do you I leave love your things. house? Do you leave your house?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, not, not anymore. Now that I got this job, I will never go to a concert. I have no desire to, why would I go to a concert when I could literally fire up any song that's ever been recorded on any device I want in a second?
1: Oh, only someone that's never gone to a concert would say that. Concerts are amazing.
0: Why? I because... know what they're going to play. I know the songs.
1: Well, if you go to a good entertainer like Taylor Swift, I mean, it's insane. But also, if you go to someone that can really sing, like, oh, Kelly Clarkson, that girl's got a voice. It's mm-hmm. completely different than the album. She's so freaking amazing live, and that's just something you can't get from an album. Like, I tear up at her shows because she's so good. She's so good. Wow. Um, uh,
0: I also am a stickler. I know sometimes, like, when they do live shows, you know, they they sing the song a little different. They vary it up a little bit. Just... Because that drives me nuts. I want to hear the song like the song goes when I hear, you know, on my phone or whatever. You're so weird, that that's another weird. thing that drives you're me weird. nuts. You're weird. You're yeah. Weird. Well, you might be right. <laughs> uh, no concerts for me. Please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I always say if you leave one, we will read it. This one comes from Nick4983. Five stars. Subject is five star for production. Rob, even though your takes are mostly glass half empty, they are always emotionally charged, which is awesome because it shows you care. As a producer, I'm grateful and inspired by your grind, how much pride you take in producing a quality menu of shows. Uh, So thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate that. I do take a lot of pride in the production and this whole network as a whole, which we are killing it. And that is thanks to your support, everybody. We are crushing the downloads. We have already broken the download goal I had this year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. And thank you to you, Michelle, because you are the star of the network. So I appreciate all your hard work.
1: Well, thanks. That's not true. But I appreciate you saying that. I was like shaking my head as you were talking because I had no idea what you're saying. So it looked like I was just agreeing with you that I was a star.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But thanks. you've got competition for that title now because we made some new additions to the network. But uh, you're still my favorite. So there you go. All right. Let's get into this Arizona game. Niners favored by eight points. It's on Monday night. It's in Mexico City, 7,200 feet above sea level. And I keep talking about it all week. And I know people may be thinking I'm beating a dead horse. I think the elevation is going to be a huge deal in this game. And I love the fact that the Niners are in Colorado Springs right now at the Air Force Academy, which is just 600 feet lower than where they will play in Mexico City. I think the Niners are doing the right thing. And I think it's going to be a factor when they play
1: yeah, it can really mess with the players' bodies, and the really, the only thing we have to go off of is when the you know, these teams play in Denver, and the 49ers have a pretty terrible record in Denver throughout their time. <laughs> so it, it, so much has to do with the rosters they had and you know, who was on the roster for the Broncos, so I get that's not everything, but they are one and five since 1975 in Denver, which is interesting. The only time they won was in 2006. It was the Jay Cutler versus Alex Smith duel. Uh, they they squeaked it out by a field goal.
0: I like that the Niners are like tra- taking this seriously, right? That they move the whole team to Colorado Springs. the The Cardinals are staying in Arizona. They're they're wearing elevation masks and they're riding on stationary bikes. And like maybe that's good. I don't know. But I just like that the 49ers, like, this is a business trip for them. They are all in. They recognize how valuable a win would be. It'd be another division win, another NFC win. And I do think it's going to be a factor. I think in the fourth quarter of this game, the Cardinals are going to be gassed.
1: Yeah, and this is a really important game as well. Like, they need to beat the Cardinals. And for some reason, like, the commanders keep winning. I don't know how or why. But, like, they're right there on the 49ers, 49ers' tail for that seventh seed right now. They need to keep winning. It can't, and this is too important of a game in conference, in division. This Cardinals team is not good, and this should be a win. But for whatever reason, the Cardinals seem to have the 40 number, 49ers number as of late.
0: Yeah, the Niners are just 3-3 and against the Cardinals in the last three years. You're right to mention Washington, though, which the 49ers will play on Christmas Eve right after the game against Seattle. That's a potential letdown game. I do not like that game. Like, if you look at the Niners' schedule, the way I feel about it now has changed a lot since it first came out, which always happens, but I generally feel better about the schedule now than I did when it came out, but that game... That Washington game, oh, I feel much, much worse about it now just based on how they're playing and when it comes. I I do not like that. That makes me nervous.
1: I don't know. That four-game stretch with the Dolphins, Buccaneers, Seahawks at at Seattle is really the key there. And then versus Washington, that's a hard four-game stretch.
0: Yes, that's that. I mean, those three games initially were the ones I was looking at, Miami, Tampa, and Seattle. Like, oh, I don't love that, especially having to play Seattle on a short week because that game's on Thursday, on December 15th. And then the Washington game, you add on to it. Now, I feel much better about the Raiders game. I was very nervous about that Raiders game because it's New Year's Day and it's in Vegas. And you never know what dudes are going to be doing on New Year's Eve in Vegas. I feel fine about that game now because the Raiders are a tire fire. But that Washington game makes me very nervous. So they need to win this game this week. No excuses. The Cardinals quarterback situation is, is banged up. I don't care who starts. I don't care if it's Kyler. I don't care if it's Colt McCoy. I don't, Especially if it's Trace McSorley, the Niners have to win. Do you have a quarterback preference for the Niners? Do you, do you think it's better to face a banged up Kyler or banged up Colt McCoy? What are you thinking?
1: Um, I don't think it really matters. I really don't. Um, I think Colt McCoy's fine enough to get the ball to his playmakers and win a game it shouldn't matter no matter who it is the 49ers have a good defense they should be able to stop this offense and then on the other side like if the if the 49ers offense with all of these pieces can just beat up on a bad defense that's they're allowing the third most points in the league then it should not matter who's playing quarterback on the other side can for once the 49ers win a game because of their offense and not depend on their defense The Cardinals have allowed 30 plus points in three of their last four games. The only one they didn't, was the Rams because they had to start John Wolford, like that is a pretty big difference from Matthew Stafford. There's no reason the 49ers can't score 30 points. Just please get into the end zone and put up some numbers. So we're not hanging there watching the game, like at the edge of our seat, being like defense, please make one more stop, (laughs) right? Can you just score some points please?
0: They've only scored 30 points twice this year. One was against the Rams, which I don't even count because they always seem to put up 30 points against the Rams, it feel like. And the other one was against the Panthers. Whoopee. The Panthers are terrible. It's about time this offense starts to pull its weight, and I hope that they do. I, and I would. what I want to see them do is, because last week they kind of started with McCaffrey and then they gave the ball to Elijah Mitchell late. I want to see them flip that in this game. You you know, if you're acclimated to the Denver or excuse me, to the Mexico City, the thin air there, go with Elijah Mitchell early and just pound them. Keep running the ball and running the ball and running the ball. And then when they are gassed later in the game in the second half, give it to McCaffrey and make them chase him all over the place. Coming out of the backfield, you know, motioning screens as a receiver, all that stuff. That's what I want to see. I don't know if that's the way it's going to go. I don't think it will. I think Kyle will go CMC early, but I almost want him to flip it around.
1: Yeah, I think they need to get the ball into the hands of their best playmakers, Uh, so maybe I actually think the opposite of you. Mm
0: -hmm. When you're
1: looking at the Cardinals defense, they're actually the worst defense in the NFL with yards after the catch. They're allowing the most, most yards after the catch per reception, most yards after the catch per game, most yards after the catch over expectation, while the 49ers are first in yards after catch per reception second in yards after catch over expectation behind only the Panthers, by the way. And it's because of McCaffrey because he has like (laughs) all of their yards. So that's going to flip. Once we get more games with McCaffrey and the, the Panthers don't have him anymore Then the 49ers will lead the NFL in that as well. So they need to, you know, do, this is actually the game where you use those short screens. You get the ball into the hands of Debo. You get the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey any way possible because you're going up against a defense that's terrible at actually tackling these players on the first attempt.
0: This is the frustrating thing with this offense, though, because and that's I love that stat by you. But I feel like even when you have a strength of the Niners going up against a weakness for the other team, it still feels like the Niners sometimes have trouble exploiting that. And this will be the
1: time to air it out. (laughs) (laughs) Like this will be the game. They decide to air it out for no reason when it's like, no, wait, this should actually be the game that you're doing what you normally do. The short stuff.
0: Perfect example. All week before the chargers game, I'm sitting there. Like the chargers allow almost six yards to carry. The 49ers are going to run the ball. They're going to be, everybody runs on the chargers. The niners are just going to be able to grind them into dust. And in the first half of that game, the 49ers ran 16 times for 51 yards, which was 3.2 yards per carry. Like. They could not do it against a team that everybody runs on. And I feel like sometimes with this offense, even when they have a potential thing to exploit, they still can't sometimes. So I love that stat, but I don't know that I have confidence in the Niners to take advantage of it.
1: Yeah. And I I do think Elijah Mitchell looked really good on the ground. Once they got him in, he did look better than Christian McCaffrey running. Mm -hmm. I was getting frustrated because they were taking out Christian McCaffrey around the goal line. And they weren't scoring, right? They were having issues getting into the end zone. It's like, well, maybe the guy who's super dynamic and defenses have no idea how you're going to utilize him. And he's even thrown a pass now too as well. So like Mm -hmm. you really could use him in any way possible. He should never be sitting on the sidelines near the goal line. Like that is insane to me. Get Elijah Mitchell out of there. We're not even talking about Oh, well, Elijah Mitchell is like 220 pounds. Like he, he's a big dude. He can get into the end zone. No, he's a small back. He's like 200 pounds. So he's already not an ideal running back to have there. And then he doesn't have that pass catching ability like CMC does. He doesn't have that dynamic ability like Christian McCaffrey does get Elijah Mitchell to the sidelines, please around the goal line and get CMC in.
0: They got to do something different around the goal. And they got in the red zone five times against the chargers. They only scored two touchdowns. That's why that game was as close as it was. And I agree. Change it up. Do something. I don't even care if they put Ty Davis price in there as their goal line back. He's 230, 240 pounds. Like maybe there's a role for him there, but do something different. I just feel like their red zone plays have, are not even that creative like they always try and like do some motion and stuff to make it look like it's going to be this exotic play, but then it's always like a run up the middle. it's like, damn, man, like you got to get a little more creative because they have, it's been a problem for them all season long.
1: Yeah, I actually, so I took a look because we know they're able to move the ball and we know they're getting a lot of yards and the yards per play is still really good. But I, I calculated their points per yard gained, right? This on the entire season
0: points per yard gained.
1: Yeah. Like how I just wanted to see how they compared to the rest of the league with how many points they're scoring based off how many yards they're getting. Now they are getting a lot of yards, but they're scoring the 10th fewest points per yard in the NFL. The only teams fewer than them are the Broncos, the Colts, the Steelers, the Packers, Buccaneers, Texans, Rams, commanders, and Jaguars. So the, all those teams are not very good and they have bad offenses. And when you're looking at the top of them, it's like, it's the Eagles, it's the chiefs, it's the dolphins. So those are obviously the best teams in the league. They need to start putting points on the board with the yards they are getting like, you're able to move the ball, but they're kicking way too many field goals when they get into mm-hmm. the red zone. And I know fans are like, well, it's working for us. We're winning these games. It's like, sooner or later, the defense isn't going to make this important stop. I mean, we've already seen it this year in losses. You gotta put more points on the board. It can't always just be a, well, we got down to the five yard line time to kick a field goal. <laughs> oh, you gotta like, I get it. Sometimes you might not score and it's going to suck not to get those three points, but you do have a good defense. Now the opposing offense is stuck in inside the five yard line. Like who knows if you can create a turnover there as well, or score a defensive touchdown. Like You just got to go for it more. You really do. They have Uh, eight fourth down attempts this year. Eight.
0: Attempts, not even convert. That's terrible. Uh, I have said it for years. Field goals are failures in almost every single situation. Kyle kicked three field goals last week for a total of 66 yards. Two 20-yarders and one 26-yarder. You should not be kicking field goals that short unless it's the very end of the game and they give you the lead or maybe the tie. Other than that, you should not. Be doing that. And Steve Young said it on KMBR. Every field goal you kick brings you closer to losing the game. And I completely agree with that. But Kyle doesn't seem inclined to do it. So again, it just sort of narrows the circumstances the 49ers have for putting up a lot of points. And when you can only put up points according to one specific game script, it's hard because you're not always going to get the game script you want.
1: Yeah, the 49ers are kicking a field goal in the red zone 32% of the time they make it into the red zone. That's it's kind of middle of the league. Uh, it's a little below average. It's not the worst, but when you look at every team above or like doing it more often, they're the bad teams. And when you're comparing the 49ers, 32% to the teams doing the fewest, it's the Bengals at 13%, the dolphins at 17 Titans, 18, the chiefs, 20% Eagles, 20%. So it's like the teams that are winning have a much lower percent of kicking when they get into the red zone like you gotta you gotta score some points not field goals you gotta score some seven points when you're down there
0: come on kyle on the flip side i'm a little worried about DeAndre hopkins because he's really good and it looks like hollywood brown might be back for this game your favorite your first love hollywood brown is going to play in this game um I think the Cardinals, even if it's Colt McCoy, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to move the ball a little bit. I'm terrified that Kyler is going to be running around back there and just tiring out the entire defense in that thin air. So I definitely want to see Colt McCoy instead. But I think the Cardinal, I think the offense is going to have to pick up the slack because I think Arizona is going to be able to move the ball.
1: Hopkins is so good, right? But also Trevarius Ford's really good. So hopefully mm-hmm. he can line up against him and, and slow him down. The guy I'm most worried about is Rondell Moore. Cause you know, every single week I'm going to bring up the slot wide receiver on a, on the opponent's side and Rondell Moore has been killing it as of late. He's getting a ton of targets. He's not They're now. Like they moved him into the slot, which he always oh, should have been. And he's like five foot one. He's like shorter yeah. than I am. He needs to be in the slot. And that's where they finally have him. He's doing great. And we know the 49ers really struggle in that area to stop the slot, the slot um, wide receivers. So I, I think Ronald Moore is going to have a really big game. So if he's going to have a big game, they're going to have to stop DeAndre Hopkins. Like he can't also have a big game. And then if mm-hmm. Marquise Brown comes back, then he brings that speed element as well. And he could just be used as the deep threat, which could be a little scary.
0: And I don't know that the Niners are going to be able to get a ton of pressure on Kyler Murray. I know Bosa will because Nick Bosa is having a defensive player of the year season. And he is not getting enough love for it. Now, I just tweeted this before we hit record. He's got nine and a half sacks right now. That's second in the league. Bosa leads the league in quarterback hits with 24. And he's third in the league in tackles for loss with 11. He is the only player in the entire league to be in the top three in all three of those categories. And in case you forgot, he missed a game and a half this year. Nick Bosa is crushing it. And what's not even mentioned in that stat is like, it's not like he's been surrounded by a ton of help. Last week, he was the only Niner starter on the defensive line. Every other starter was out of the game with injury. And he's still producing. It's time Nick Bosa gets some love for DPOY.
1: Yeah, and I'm surprised he's not. Because it's not like any any defensive players going off this year. Like You don't have a T.J. Watt from last year doing anything so Nick Bosa should definitely be getting more love for sure like who would be in the league like who's uh, I'll look it up I guess uh Micah Parsons is getting a lot of love yeah Matt
0: Judon has 11 and a half sacks he leads the league a lot. it's
1: Matt Judon like he's yeah he's not gonna win I agree player of the year yeah
0: it should be Nick freaking Bosa I'm I'm And I think part of it is like he doesn't speak up that much. He's kind of a soft-spoken guy. Oh, yeah.
1: And then when he does do something great, he does his little arm things.
0: You don't like the shrug? That is a weird... we've
1: already talked about this. You need to do something more exciting to get the crowd just like like when T.J. Watt does his kick. I mean, it's over. The crowd is flipping out. You need to do something like that.
0: Just a quick side note. It is absurd how much T.J. Watt matters to the Steelers. When he plays... They have a chance to win when he doesn't play. They look like garbage. It, I'm stunned at how different they are when he's it's, in the game.
1: He should have been considered for MVP last year because he is the MVP. When, when you can't win a game without one <laughs> single player and then you're two and O with him and you suck in any of the other games, it's not even like you're losing close and your defense is still good. No, you have the worst defense without him and one of the best with him. he should honestly be defensive player of the year. I don't care how many games he's made every year. It's him.
0: Well, and then we, we don't do that. We kind of get like, get used to guys being otherworldly and we just sort of ignore them. But yeah, no, he's it's freakish. I thought of you last week. I was like, my God, this guy's (laughs) unbelievable. Any Steeler update now when he's in the game, it's like, Oh, TJ Watt did something because other than that, there are no good Steeler updates.
1: Getting back to the pressure, though, (laughs) Nick Bosa, because I I do actually think it's extremely important they put pressure onto Kyler Murray. He is so incredibly bad when under pressure this year. He has a 15 passer rating under pressure. 15. 15? 15. It's the worst in the league by far. It would actually be the worst in the next-gen stats era. Like, that would be the worst passer rating under pressure for a season. And they've been doing this since 2016. He has zero touchdowns six interceptions when under pressure this year, Hmm. he's averaging 3.9 yards per pass attempt when under pressure, they need to apply pressure onto Kyler Murray.
0: That's wild. I didn't realize that. I mean, that is hideously bad. That's like, you're playing on a Madden difficulty too high for you bad.
1: (laughs) It's it's real bad. So how is the defensive line looking this week when it comes to the injury report?
0: Well, we already know Javon Kinlaw is not going to play. Eric Armstead is. I mean, up Do you in ever the air. have to
1: say that? It's just every no, week. Javon Kinlaw is not going
0: to play. They didn't even travel with the team, I think, because they were worried about the elevation affecting his knee. Uh, Eric Armstead is just kind of like, well, maybe, but he's not practicing, so I'm not holding my breath for that. Ebukam, I think, has a chance to play, which would be good. Although I think that Drake Jackson's been solid uh, when he's had to step up, but it, getting Ebukam back would be good is obviously good. They've been blitzing Fred Warner a lot more, especially on third down, which I think has helped because he's he's helped apply a little bit of pressure, but I think the Niners defense is due for some turnovers. I know Talanoa Hufonga had a pick last week right at the end of the game, but they haven't gotten a ton so far this year, and I think they're capable of it. Hopefully, like you said, if they can get some pressure on Kyler, he'll throw... He'd he does do some stupid thing. Like he kind of throws the ball up for grabs sometimes. So if they can get that pressure on him, hopefully they can start to get some of those turnovers because whether it's picks or even fumble recovers, I feel like the Niners haven't recovered a fumble all year. It
1: never bounces their way ever, ever. I guess I should say when they fumble, it has actually been bouncing their way. They've been lucky that, Maybe that's I've just made that up. So don't come at me. (laughs) I have not fact-checked myself on that. I just feel like balls are bouncing their way there, but when their opponents are fumbling, yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's going their way. I will say thinking about the Colt McCoy versus Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray plays with this hamstring injury, we've seen him now. It's like every year he plays with an injury and when he's playing with an injury, it's normally like an ankle. He sucks. Like he needs to be able to run around or he's terrible. And you wouldn't think his hamstring is going to be that fully like, ready to go, even if he does play. He's not going to be able to run around, and he's so bad when he is injured that I almost kind of want him to play.
0: Uh, Cliff Kingsbury talked about that this week. He said, basically, he doesn't want to put Kyler out there unless he's 100% because of exactly that. When he doesn't have his full mobility, he is nowhere near the quarterback that he is when he's fully healthy. By the way, how about this? The 49ers, how many fumbles do you think the 49ers have lost this year? One. Seven.
1: Seven.
0: Seven. That's the second most in the league.
1: They've Apparently
0: lost seven fumbles. When?
1: The only one I remember is Jeff Wilson. I, I but I didn't take into account like Jimmy's fumbles.
0: George thing. Kittle had a fumble earlier in the year. Brandon Ayuk had a oh, fumble yeah, last yeah. week.
1: That was a stupid guess by me.
0: Yeah, boy, Ray, Ray McLeod. Actually, I don't know if he lost a fumble, Yeah, but
1: he didn't, he hasn't lost any. That's why I was thinking like, I know a lot of guys have fumbled, but I feel like they always recover, but they actually lost seven.
0: They have seven giveaways on fumbles this year. Damn. Yeah. Not ideal. Still turnovers are still an issue under Kyle Shanahan, but hopefully they can straighten it out this week. And we've seen when they take care of the ball, even with if even if Jimmy just doesn't throw an interception, right? IU fumbled last week, but it was okay. They were able to overcome it. When they take care of the ball, they're such a better team. Even if their defense doesn't get turnovers. that Oh, God. Just friggin' clean it up this week. That's all I'm saying. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some bets. They don't have the bets up for the game because yay. But we've got a couple of things we want to talk about anyway. We'll give you some guidance for the week, as we always do on the Gold Diggers podcast. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, we have previewed the game and now we're going to give people a little bit of guidance, let's say, when deciding to make some bets. Like I said, before we went to break, they don't have the specific props up for everybody, but there's a couple trends that I think we can look at and sort of guide our decision-making when they eventually do get up for the game. First up, Brandon Ayuk, killing it lately. Six catches, 80 yards in four straight games. He is clearly, in my eyes, the Niners' number one wide receiver. Do you think that continues, that streak continues this week?
1: I think it could, but I would feel, I, I you know, I'm feeling a George Kittle game. I think this is going to be a monster mm. George Kittle game. The Cardinals are very, very bad against the tight end position, and we, we see randomly they decide to, you know, remember they have George Kittle on their team and use him, and I think that's this week. Now, it doesn't mean you can also have a good game. But if I'm making a bet on one of these playmakers on the 49ers side of the ball, I'm going all in on George Kittle. I'm guessing his overall probably be around 50. And I I think this could be one of those 100-yard games.
0: And we've seen every year it seems like George Kittle has like a two or a three-game stretch where he is just uncoverable in his career. We saw it last year. He'll put up, you know, 150 yards on like six catches, something insane. He's due for it this year because he really has not gone off. His high in a game this year is 98 yards against Kansas City. He had one other game against Atlanta where he had 83 yards. Other than that, he has not reached 50 yards in a game this year. So he is absolutely due. And I'm trying to find out the latest news as we record this on Friday. Buddha Baker is banged up. I don't know if he's so hurt that he's not going to play, but he's definitely not 100%. So if Buda Baker is banged up, that's huge for Kittle's production because Baker's a really good player.
1: Yeah, he didn't practice on Thursday, which would be huge. But they're already so bad at covering the tight end position. I don't think it really matters, even if he does play, because if he does play, he's still banged up, right? right he's not healthy. He still has the ankle injury. So I, I, I'm calling it right now, 100 yards for George Kittle. 100 yards. He did it the last time he played the Cardinals like Please, last year.
0: I would love to see that. They they don't use him nearly, 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 nearly enough. Um, give it to George. Good. That's great. Because if they're as bad after the catch, as you say, which I have no reason to doubt that, he's you can't tackle George Kittle. The first guy never brings George down.
1: Yeah, and talking about how bad they are after the catch, if they... This is the issue with trusting Debo, right? You have to trust that Kyle Shanahan's going to manufacture touches to him. And you have no idea who he's going to utilize in any given game. And I get who, who was it that just came out and said like, oh, like, we're not worried about our stats, Jimmy. Yeah, whatever. And they were talking about like. We're not gonna just like force it to one guy nobody's saying that but you gotta figure out how to get the ball into your best guy's hands and so, it's not like you're putting up 30 points a game and you're like oh we're just like we don't care who gets it it's like no you're struggling to score so right. something has to work out here that you, you gotta change it up the best teams figure out how to get the ball into the best guy's hands
0: mm, exactly every week exactly every like, week
1: if- figure it out but They need to utilize George Kittle more, especially in this matchup, like you just talked about the yards after the catch. They're allowing the most in the league. They're the worst defense against tight ends in the league. Take advantage of these matchups where, you know what, what they struggle at now take advantage of it because teams do it against the 49ers. Like, well, we're going to use our slot wide receiver because you suck at it. (laughs) If other opponents can figure out your weaknesses, we need to start doing that as well.
0: Right. And if you see that they're weak, against tight ends and you draw up a bunch of plays for George Kittle, that's not forcing the ball to a certain player. It's attacking the defense where they are weakest. That's what you should be doing. And with this offense, you shouldn't have to force it to any one player because whoever you throw to should be one of those guys. They're the first offense in history to have a former all pro at running back wide receiver and tight end at the same time. First one in history. So you don't have to force it to anyone, but you got to get it to one of those guys. I don't want Ray Ray McLeod should have one target a game. Okay. Not even one at most. Kyler you check one target a game, right? A little check down eventually when other people aren't open. Every other target should go to Debo, IU, or Kittle. Every other one. And Christian McCaffrey. Yes. That's it. Like, but I feel like too many times it's, it's Ray, Ray McLeod or Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell got a target in the red zone. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah. We see right now the Eagles, I know they finally lost a game, but their entire offense was going to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. It was those three. We're going to figure out a way to get the ball into those guys' hands because the best things happen when we target them. It should be the same thing for the 49ers uh i saw a review that someone wanted us to be nicer to juan jennings mm-hmm. i get it he's he's reliable you can rely on him he makes some nice catches on third downs you can target him sometimes but like who if you get the ball into devo's hands or if you get the ball into Juwan jennings hands who has the better chance of breaking it off for a 60-yard touchdown it's devo like you got to get the ball into those guys' hands So that you have the opportunity for those huge plays
0: right now. It feels like they're drawing up plays for Juwan Jennings on third down to me. Jennings targets should be everybody else is covered. Okay. I'll throw to Juwan Jennings and he's proven to produce in those to his credit since the beginning of 2021, he has been targeted 27 times on third down. He has 20 catches and has converted 18 of them for either a first down or a touchdown. So that's awesome for him, but he shouldn't be the first look on third down. That's all we're saying.
1: Yeah, that's all we're saying. Thank you. Or the second
0: or, or the third. third. But or still, the <laughs> <laughs> Man, when you say it like that, it sounds like we're hating on him, but it's not true. It's just he's just not as good as those other guys. So
1: yeah. I do think a a big, uh, a big win for the 49ers. I mean, they're pretty good at covering the tight end position anyways, but Zach Ertz being out, he leads the team in targets receptions and receiving touchdowns this year. Huge that he's out of the game. Obviously they still have Hopkins and possibly Marquise Brown and Rondell Morris. They have weapons, but I do think Zach Ertz being out, especially if they get around the goal line, like to have that weapon out of the end zone for Murray is huge. Now they drafted a tight end in the second round, but I'm not really worried about him. Oh, a Trey something, right? Yeah, Trey McBride.
0: McBride, that's right. Yeah, I've heard good things about him, but I don't know. But I like if Ertz is out, that may free up Fred Warner to do some more, maybe more pass rushing or just maybe more crazy stuff because he won't have to be as worried about the tight end. But it's all there for the Niners. Take advantage of it. Win this game get a little momentum. You got the saints coming up after this, and then you really can put yourself in a good place for that three game stretch that we talked about the Miami Tampa, Seattle, I guess four game with Washington right after it. You win this game, you win next week. You're like, okay, we don't have to be perfect through that stretch. Cause you never want to put yourself in a position where you're like, well, we've got to win out.
1: Yeah. I mean this Miami game that's coming up, is going to be so hard. I don't, I did not expect the dolphins to be this good. I thought they'd be better. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, they have a lot of great weapons. they will be a, a good offense, but they are so freaking good on offense. They just cannot be stopped. Their defense stinks, but their offense, <laughs> man, it, it's pretty wild. How much like Tyreek Hill can change it. Like just the whole landscape of a quarterback's career. Like it went well, from two of it to being a bust or a disappointment or like just, you know, not doing what we thought he was going to do to looking legit like what are the best quarterbacks in the league now maybe that's mike mcdaniel maybe that's tyree kill it's probably both but it's really impressive what they're what they're doing over there in miami it's pretty insane
0: speed speed yeah. speed they are just running over people but i feel like that game is going gonna to be the game that niner fans are like super focused on oh we have to beat mike mcdaniel because he used to coach no that's the least important game in the stretch it's yeah. an afc game against Nobody that you're going to have to worry about unless you're in the Super Bowl after that game. So if I had to pick one game for the Niners to lose, it's going to be that game about Mike McDaniel. I don't care about like, oh, he, you know, he was the brains behind the, whatever people could say, whatever they want. If the Niners lose that game, give me the wins over the NFC teams, especially Seattle, especially Washington.
1: Yeah. Five of the next six games are against NFC teams. It's going to be, this is a very important stretch.
0: And what were, I... your,
1: what were your feelings about, because we haven't got to really talk about last week's game. What were your feelings after that game? Did you feel like they came out of the bye looking good and feeling good no. about the season?
0: <laughs> I thought they, I was ripping them during the game. They went almost a quarter in that game against the Chargers without a first down, let alone points. Like their offense was really struggling. Now in the second half, George Kittle said this week that they think they figured some things out. And Levin kind of pointed this out yesterday. And I thought it was interesting. He said that Kyle's biggest strength is realizing how you're going to play him and then adjusting and countering off of that. And because they haven't had McCaffrey for that long, it's taken him a little while to see how teams are going to play the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey. Now he's got a little more data on that. So maybe now is the time where we start to see the offense look more cohesive. I hope he's right. I don't know. It it made sense when I heard it. What do you think?
1: Not really. (laughs) (laughs) It really doesn't. I mean, what information does he need? Like defenses should just, I I, I don't think he should be worried about, you know, you have all the playmakers in the world. You should just be, it should be like the Dolphins for defenses. Like, I don't know how to stop this just instantly. It shouldn't take time to then figure out like, what should I do? It's just like, no, you have all the weapons, just like destroy your opponents. Like the offenses do.
0: (laughs) I think that it's interesting now that I'm sort of like running through this again in my head. I think that Kyle looks at it as, how are you attacking me? And then, okay, I'll do this in response. Whereas maybe Mike McDaniel is like, here's what I'm going to do to you. You know, I'm yeah. going to attack you like this. You figure it out. This is what I'm doing. I wonder if Kyle looks at it like in the reverse direction. And maybe that's part of the reason why it takes I him would, longer to get going. I wouldn't
1: doubt it because he does overthink everything. So he probably <laughs> is doing it backwards. Like, you should the defense should have to be worried about figuring out how to stop you not you worrying about how they're going to stop you and then I don't know this is getting very confusing in my brain
0: right no I know I'm, you're hung
1: over for this, <laughs> <laughs> this,
0: this you thing. should worry about make them worry about how to stop you and you shouldn't worry about how to react to what they're doing yes there yes. we go all right I narrowed it down uh, last two questions I'll ask you quickly Niners are favored by eight points and the over under is 43 and a half. Do you think they will cover the oh, spread? Lord. And do you think they'll hit that over?
1: These are hard questions.
0: These are like the simplest questions I could ask you.
1: I, I think they hit the over because the Cardinals are scoring a lot of points since DeAndre Hopkins got back. Their okay. offense is putting up way more points and their defense is so bad. So there's no reason the 49ers aren't also putting up points. The 49ers alone should have 30 of these points I'm not kidding like Kyle Shanahan score 30 goddamn points (laughs) score 30 points they should have 30 of these so that means the Cardinals need to score just 14 points so I'm taking it over there and that spread is large that spreads large
0: yeah I went back and looked when the 49ers have beaten the Cardinals over the last three years they've done it by an average of seven points and when the Cardinals have beaten the 49ers they've done it by an average of eight points so to me, that screams, take the Cardinals and the points in this game.
1: Yeah, I think the 49ers will win, but I think the Cardinals will cover the spread.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Because we know it's going to be 49ers up by four late in the game. And the Cardinals are going to have the ball with a chance to get a touchdown to win the game. And we're going to be praying to the God that is D'Amico Ryan to figure out a way to get a stop.
1: Now, if it's, uh, if it's Colt McCoy... Are you still taking the over in the points?
0: Um,
1: or were you ever taking the over, even if it's Kyler Murray?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I would take the over. I just have no faith in the 49ers offense to score points against anybody that's not the Rams. And I don't think D'Amico going to give up a ton of points. So I think I would take the under if it was Colt McCoy. Uh, how about we make a bet? I'll bet you floor tickets to Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. I'll eat a whole jar of mayo before I give up my Taylor Swift tickets.
0: Damn it. I want those tickets. I would sell those babies so You don't fast.
1: even, you wouldn't even go to the concert. No, no there be? is
0: zero chance I would. I wouldn't go to the concert if she performed in my bathroom. I would close the door and that's nothing against Taylor Swift. I like Taylor Swift. I just don't not do concerts.
1: You're such a weirdo. All right. Uh, but there's no bet on the line, but you just, you're saying the under, I'm saying the over.
0: If it's yeah, if it's cold and if it's Trace McSorley, then give me the Niners and give me the points and and all bets are off at that. Like I have total confidence if it's Trace McSorley, which I don't think it will be because both quarterbacks are at least practicing this week.
1: Oh, my goodness. If it's Trace, I don't even want that to happen. Like it's a Monday night game. I would like to see. (laughs) I don't want to watch Trace McSorley. Oh, no. See,
0: I am not that guy. I do not. You don't get extra credit. If you beat everybody at full strength, the wins still count the same. You still get the trophy if you beat the backup quarterback. If it
1: was a one o'clock game, fine. I'm not sitting through a Monday night football game, even though it's the 49ers and I'm going to enjoy watching them beat up on Trace McSorley. No, <laughs> I do not want to watch him. We've had enough bad primetime games. Like, I would much rather it be Kyler Murray with a hamstring and, you know, just beat up on him. He sucks enough. That'll be fun.
0: And by the way, I, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to ruin it. But the Niners have gone two straight games with no major injuries, which is unbelievable. Why would you say that? You say I know. That? I know. No, well, I it's, it's still true whether or not I mentioned it. But, you know, that's been a nice a nice bonus for just for a change, you know, instead of the injury hell that we've had to deal with. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network. Remember, you can get the crossover podcast, still going to come out tomorrow, even though the game is on Monday. Blake Allen Murphy from Revenge of the Birds is going to join me. We'll break down the matchup, we'll see what he thinks about the quarterback situation. And then, of course, the instant reaction show Monday night after the game, live on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. If that still exists, I have no idea. If not, you can also go to my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. In fact, you can follow me everywhere at stats on fire. You can follow Michelle on Twitter at ball blast em. Do you have, I don't even know. Do you have like an Instagram, a Twitch? No. Where else are you? No.
1: Nowhere. 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 Else. <laughs> Nowhere. I have an Instagram, but it's just personal. And I post like once a year. So,
0: so if Twitter goes away, I'm done to disappear.
1: I'm done. So you can go check out my article on NFL.com. It's my matchups article, but that's pretty much the only place you're going to find me. If Twitter disappears and this podcast and ball blast podcast.
0: You'll have to log into a website to find Michelle (laughs) if Twitter goes down. But yes, absolutely. Check out that fantasy column on NFL.com every single week. Enjoy the game. Everybody we will talk to you after it's over.
1: Bye y'all.